Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Conley goes baseline this time, brings Przingis to him, chests it back out to O'Neal, rotates to Bogdanovich, he drives to the rack, misses Rudy Jams. Clark's driving at Trey Burke, working Burke in the lane, pulls up a little shot over the top of the dominion of Burke and scores it. Trey has not grown since he was here. Brunson driving on Clarkson, one-on-one to the rack, misses Morgan, rebounds. Outlet pass goes off Conley, but back to Morgan. Now Conley throws a baseball pass to Clarkson, steps into a three, hits it. It is 30-17 Utah. 46 seconds left in the first half. Here comes Ingles. Bobs it to Rudy at the rim. He catches. He swirls. He takes his right hand. He thrusts it through the cylinder. And the Jazz are up 21. Rudy ties his season high of 20. Clarkson, who was brilliant in the second quarter, crossing over, stepping back on his tippy toes, fires the three hits. You got to be kidding me. When he is feeling it like that, David, he's already backpedaling and going the other way. This whole team is feeling it, Ron. This is ridiculous. Rudy comes out to set the pick. Conley will set for a three. Got it. That'll do it. It was over anyway, but 116 to 100. Mike Conley now has 17. Actually, David, it was probably over at halftime. The Jazz win their 10th consecutive game, 116-104 against the Dallas Mavericks. But really, the Jazz had a 20-point lead the entire game and were just uh, taking it to the Mavs. And they... Gordon, they continue to be red hot. Well, considering they were missing their best player and missing one of their better players, most impressive, to quote Darth Vader. Um, yeah, the Jazz uh, showed up, and I, you know, I I had a feeling that somebody was going to step up in a big way. I got it wrong. I I thought it would be Mike Conley, but uh, not that he played poorly didn't shoot the ball overly efficiently but i'm telling you joe Ingles stepping up in a major way jordan clarkson you heard the call there it's just remarkable what he's doing right now and rudy gobert i mean 29 and 20 whoa that was uh that was interesting to watch and i think rudy has gotten more nimble around the basket he's still not a dump it into the low post with his back to the basket and and uh, do the carl malone thing but i'm telling you he's he's pretty crafty now around the basket uh, nothing outside of like five or six feet but uh, he showed uh, what he could do at the uh, at the offensive end last night and he just killed it on the boards and the jazz ended up with how many? Like 14 more rebounds than the Mavericks? And that'll make a huge difference. And the Jazz also were much more efficient from three. And they've got to Gordon, the free throw hey, line. Real, real quick, can we, can we start with Rudy? Can I? Can I? Sure. Can we have that conversation for a second? Because I, I think you hit on something there. Because last night was really all about Rudy and all about Rudy offensively for a variety of reasons. But I've got an exercise for you before we jump into that. Okay. All right? Check out this stat. Rudy last night... Excuse me, 29, 23, and 3. So three blocks and three steals as well. It has only been done 15 times in NBA history. And it's been done the other times by six different players. Do you want to take a stab at who those other players are? Just tell me. Well, just, just uh, uh, so the obvious ones on here are Hakeem Olajuwon, and mm-hmm. he did it seven times. Okay. David Robinson did it two times. 
and Andre Drummond has done it two times. Here are the other players that have done it once. Uh, Marcus Camby, Charles Barkley, and your guy, Joe Barry Carroll. <laughs> Joe Barry Carroll, good. Yeah, that was that was. But how crazy is that? Yeah. yeah. So the reason, and Locke talked about this a lot last night, the reason that was able to happen is Dallas played the Jazz differently where they were not going to give up the catch-and-shoot three. They were going to mm-hmm. stay home. And so on nights that the other team does that, well, then Rudy is really going to have the space and ability to go to work, and that's what he did. And you hit on, on something I wanted to bring up on today's show, Gordon. Um, great minds think alike. Rudy was in the, in the lab last night, right? Speaking of the Bilt Bar lab, he was in the lab. He was throwing moves. He was trying stuff out. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, he had the opportunity to kind of have an offensive game, and if you look at it, he missed more shots than Rudy usually misses. He was 11 of 20. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was, it was really, I thought it was kind of an experimental night for him because he, he, he had a lot of opportunity where he just had to, to beat his guy. And he had two moves, Gordon. I don't know if you noticed this, but he had two moves that were really, really good. He had some that weren't, weren't so good, but he had some mm-hmm. that were really good. That slide step where he pauses and then slides, takes that one big step to the rim uh, and that was effective a couple times. And then did you notice he threw a drop step in there and it looked really good and it got him a dunk? I think those are the two things that we maybe keep an eye on with Rudy offensively because he's got to find a move when there's someone between he and the basket. He worked on a lot last night, and those were two that I thought were really good. Yeah, I also saw one where he turned and he brought the ball under the defender's arm and flipped it up off the off the board. And, uh, you know, those are those are coordinated moves on Rudy's part. Uh, a few years ago, there's no way he could have done that. Yeah, I don't think so either. And that's he, him working with Alex Jensen and trying to take his game to the next level, which we know Rudy always is. So he was, I mean, he was awesome. He was the story of the game on both sides of the ball. And he joined some rarefied air, something that only 15 has happened 15 other times in the NBA. And uh, I thought we're, we saw a little bit of the evolution of his offensive game, and I thought that was a big deal. You know, the tricky part of what you pointed out about what the Mavs were trying to do, well, guess what? They failed at both because the Jazz still shot nearly 40% from three, you know. And then Rudy did his thing as well. And so, yeah, a tough, uh, tough thing for the Mavs to be able to contain. And, and and another thing, and, and Jake, I, I know I listed off a bunch of stuff, and we can go through it bit by bit and get your thoughts on it as well. But did you notice how the Jazz got to the free throw line much more frequently than the Mavs did? I mean, yeah, I think and they, the, the Mavs are really good at getting to the line too. They more than doubled them up there. And that that's – that you know, I mean, when you win a game by 12, and obviously the Jazz were ahead by more than that for – much of the game, but you know those things make a big difference. The Jazz got 16 points. No, they got yeah, they got 16 from the free throw line, and uh, the Mavs got eight. Uh, eight points—that's a lot. And then when you kill your opponent on the board as well, uh, on the boards, it's 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 pretty tough for a team to win. They they uh, killed them across the board. I mean mm-hmm. that 
You read the final score, and I, I've been saying this a lot lately, but it doesn't do that game justice. The Jazz ran out of gas a little bit in the fourth quarter, and Luca went out there to get some uh, cosmetic stats. Yeah, <laughs> and closed and closed the gap a little bit. I mean, I I joked at the beginning of the segment that game was over at half. I mean, uh-huh. and it, it and it's another game, Gordon, where the Jazz didn't shoot the ball particularly well from three, but still found a way to win. And we talked about how Dallas was playing them. I, I think that's also a sign of a good team. When they take away your number one option, what's plan two, What's plan B? You know, what's well, next? 39% is not horrible. No, it's not terrible. You're right. You're right. But, I mean, the way that they've been shooting lately. It's not like uh, it, it's – let's see, what was two games – was it uh, the Pelicans? Anyway, it's not like a few games they've had where they've won by shooting the three, I guess is mm-hmm. my point. And, I, you know, another thought that was crossing my mind as I was watching that game is – what would the Jazz do without Jordan Clarkson? Oh, they would be a lot worse. Uh, they, they wouldn't be as good. Let me put it that way. Not even. I close. mean, he's got. Uh, you know, it's a it's a saying that I use a lot. But his his comfort zone is wider than David Letterman's was. I mean, he he just feels like he can. He's got the green light to do pretty much what he wants to do now he wants to be responsible and he wants to look for his teammates as well and share the ball and not be a complete ball hog but man i'll tell you that guy he he looks like he he can pretty much do what he wants and he i've heard people say that the degree of difficulty on his shots is is uh, a little less severe than it once was but he makes some tough shots but he's comfortable doing it so yeah, I mean, he's been a huge – I mean, just think about that game last night, and I don't mean to pick on Dante, but if the Jazz had Dante Exum instead of Jordan Clarkson, how would that have gone? Oh, it's a different story. I mean, they're completely different players, and for what the Jazz need right now, I mean, Jordan Clarkson is the guy. Did, I, did you hear any of his post-game press conference, uh, Gordon? I'm not sure if you did. but Yeah, it, I did. Mm-hmm. He, he – the way – I could listen to him give interviews – all day long. I mean, the way that he carries himself and what he talks about, and he's got this positive energy. Um, and you can tell, and maybe we'll ask Dennis about this, but you can tell that he likes being on the team. Mm-hmm. He said, he said this team has this crazy vibe. And then Joe Ingles kind of confirmed it this morning when he jumped on with DJ and PK about the vibe. And um, I think the reason he likes it is because I think the, his teammates empower him to be who he is as a basketball player. Yeah. And, and Joe Ingles talked about that a little bit uh, this morning too, where they're like, we love it. He just goes out there and hoops. I think his his teammates aren't looking at him with a weird eye like, why aren't you passing, dude? I think his teammates look at him like, hey, this is him, and this is he really brings this to the table. And Joe said it this morning too. How can I make him better? And then uh, Clarkson says, how can I make you better? And and maybe it's not exactly throwing, uh, you know, a pass every time. But he's a team guy who is empowered to play his best basketball. Yeah. And I bet on when he was on the Lakers, I'm not sure that was always the case. <laughs> and uh, it is the case now completely. Those guys, even guys like Donovan Mitchell are like, hey, Jordan, just take it, man. Uh, you know, I can – I, I can sit and watch and enjoy this for a minute, you know, and he's he's happy to do it and he feels comfortable doing it. And it's obvious when you watch him play. Well, he's and he pl- moves he moves it more too. I mean, he's he's gotten good at sh- uh, shooting the catch and shoot like the rest of the team. So he's he he gives some too. He's not just an ISO player. Yeah, 
Yeah. And he's, the other thing about him is he can hit the three-point shot. I mean, last night was a four of 11. But uh, he, he, can, he can actually be more efficient than that. But he's got all those crazy moves. And a lot of times he'll use those, say, within 10 feet of the basket when the Jazz need a basket in order to, if they're on a little bit of a slide, then they'll, they'll give him the ball and he'll, he'll make it better. And that, that, that is the versatility of his attack is, is well, there aren't very many guys who can do that. He's shooting 39% from three, by the way, and taking seven and a half per game, which are just great numbers. Just yeah. terrific. I mean, yeah, this, this team wouldn't be the same without him. That's for sure. And then, and then the other, I mean, he knew that Donovan wasn't there last night, and so he was lifting his team up with 21 attempts, making 11 of them. I mean, played 33 minutes. It's terrific to have a guy who can do that because some bench players couldn't do that or they would struggle to do that. I have a feeling Jordan Clarkson could do that as long as the day is long. Yep, or there's a – there's wait, wait. The day is as, – We got wisdom. As, as long – what's the saying? How do you say that? Uh, as long as you hold me, I'll always love you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, hey, well, there's a reason that NBA teams are looking for a player who can play that role. I mean, and and accept it and be good at it. You know, Manu Ginobili, Lou Williams. You know, we could talk about those players that that did that, did it well over the years. And it seems like Jordan Clarkson is kind of the next man up, and the Jazz he can really do benefit it. from it. He can he can do it by way of benefiting from his teammates uh, passing him the ball, and he can do it. Just give me the ball and let me do my work. And that I. Did Ginobili do that a lot, or is he more a catch-and-shoot guy? I know he was mobile, and he could – but Jordan Clarkson is just like a whirling dervish out there. Oh, no, Manu was – I mean, the way he could score with his left hand was something special. Because much like Jordan Clarkson, actually, who always goes right, although he hit a left-handed uh, acrobatic shot last night. That was impressive, but he seems to always go right. Remember Manu, who would always, 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 always go left. And you knew he was going left, and the scouting report said he was going left, but somehow he just laid the ball up in your face. Mm. I mean, he was so good at it. it, it yeah. He was amazing at getting to the basket. Well, a terrific player, and now the Jazz have one who's doing similar things, uh, whereas they did not have that before. They had a young player who was uh, something of a project who could do some nice things defensively, but you never knew what you were going to get at the offensive end. And, and this guy... Uh, and, and you know, I think he's a he's a dude who could be good defensively, Jake. He, and he was and, last night, Gordon. Yeah. he was great against Luca last night. He's had moments where because he's athletic enough to do it. And you, but it, it, sometimes you wonder, okay, how much am I going to ask of this guy? But he he certainly filled what the Jazz needed filling last night. And uh, and one of the things they needed filling was the basket, and this guy filled it up. Live at Built Bar. That's where we are today. Get online, builtbar.com. And uh, these things are absolutely amazing. It's your protein energy bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm telling you, they are delicious and they are good, for, uh, great for you. Some of my favorites, Gordon, I'll, I'll let you rattle off maybe a couple of yours, but uh, you know, the, the cookies and cream is terrific. The peanut butter uh, is wonderful. I, I really like the mint brownie. I'm kind of a, I'm into the mint. Uh, I like, uh, you know, like mint chocolate. Uh, mint chocolate chip is probably my favorite. Uh, but I tried one of these Built Puffs, which are new, mm -hmm. and I did the strawberry marshmallow, Gordon, and, and it was really good. I haven't tasted one yet that I didn't like. But, man, all of a sudden, I'm like Austin. 
I'm sitting there hearing you talk about these things, and I want one. You know? Don't know what to, wait, wait, wait. Well, well, here's the, here's the deal, Gordon. Uh, you do live on my way home, but uh, I'll make you a deal. I will bring you a built bar if uh, if you're nice to me throughout the rest of the show. Can you make it an entire box? Uh, well, let's not get no, greedy. You're over not going to you're not going to qualify uh, for one with those rules. So. You know, Gordon. They they have the built bar wall <laughs> uh, here, which is a wall that is covered in boxes or you know individual built bars boxes that are open and it's it's a vast wall but i'm not taking a whole box because that would make me look bad and i'm not stuffing like 50 of them into my coat (laughs) (laughs) well with the the prices they're offering today jake you really don't have to no you really don't in fact uh, this is a great deal for zone listeners um they're already having a a great sale going on right now uh 15 off gordon that's for anybody uh, across the board, 15% off sale. But if you go to BuiltBar.com and put in promo code ZONE, Z-O-N-E, for those of you that needed me to spell it, uh, you get an additional 10% off. Take that and rewind it back as Z- our guy uh, Lockwood What say. was it? Z-O what? Z- uh, Zeta Octopus. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> Nighttime. <laughs> Ecuador. Got it. Really gotcha. He, you used to be in the Navy. Did you used to, you know? Uh, yes. um, okay, so let me get this straight. Since since we, since we spelled all that out, that now normally 10% off plus another 15% off. So if I'm not mistaken, I think that's 25% off. You, you majored in math, except for you got it backwards. It's an automatic 15 off and then an additional oh. 10. But <laughs> all right, think, all right. I think it comes out the same uh, in the end. Zeta Octopus Nighttime Ecuador. What would, that, what would that be again? Uh, was that, uh, Z- Z- what did you say, Zeta? Zeta Octopus Nighttime Ecuador. Nighttime. Where would you come up with that? Nightman. Ah. <laughs> Promo code zone. Oh, get taken care of. It's BuiltBar.com. All right, it is the big show live at Built Bar. Uh, BuiltBar.com, promo code ZONE. Get an extra 10% off the already 15% off going on at, uh, at BuiltBar.com. Jump on and, and make that happen. Real quick, Gordon, I, I was relieved last night, I, I've got to admit. The Aggies beat UNLV, and I was really concerned that uh, we <laughs> we put the jinx on the Aggies. So they were able to to turn it around a little bit down there in Vegas. Well, we did put a jinx on them, uh, but not not intentionally, but just naturally. But they overcame it. So that's a team they should beat. Come on, no matter how much a jinx we put on them, uh, Utah State's better than UNLV. Uh, yeah, I would I I would certainly agree. So, but they did lose two in a row after we had Craig Smith on the on the air, and we we you know we gave, we talked about how good they were doing on in the interview, and the next thing you know, two in a row. Yeah. Yeah. But Colorado State beat Boise State last night, too. So you know, the Mountain West is actually a pretty thrilling uh, race to the finish uh, right now. Uh, and Utah State's right in the middle of it. Well, we'll see uh, We saw how it turns out. Utah, Utah State certainly has a, has a chance, and I think they're good enough to do it. But whether they will or not, it depends on so many things, especially in a wild card year like this. Or, you know, who's going to be available and when. And so we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But the Aggies are pretty good. I, I know they had the little slippage there, but we'll see how they do. We were robbed last year of having a couple of teams in the NCAA tournament. I, I hope we get two in. 
it, from the state, of course, is what I'm uh, talking about. It would be fun to have a little buzz around March going. I mean, there's already a little buzz around the Jazz. I mean, it would, it would be fun to have a little buzz around college basketball, too. Well, I mean, BYU has to stop losing to teams like Pepperdine, man. Yeah, that would, that would be helpful. Well, now they just it, it puts a little more pressure on them. They got to beat St. Mary's, and and that was a disappointing loss for BYU. But I don't think that removes them from the tournament picture. I would expect them to rebound. It just it makes that game really important uh, against the what is St. Mary's? The Gales? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. against the Gales um, when they come to Provo. Have you ever been to St. Mary's? No, I have not. Nice I, I I have not been there either, but I've looked at pictures. It looks just like a beautiful spot. Yeah, that would be. I, I, I wonder suppose. if that would that, that seems like it would be a cool place to go to school. I I don't know. I don't know them. I mean, I've I've done a little research on them and writing about them to find out more about what it's like there. But I don't know. It just seems like it would be a cool place. I. Yeah. I'll tell you, St. Mary's is an interesting um, uh, thing in college basketball because Bennett really found that pipeline to Australia, of all places, that has really made them pretty good over the years. I'm not sure how much of their team is Australian this year, but uh, there was a time there where half to three-quarters of the team uh, were from down under. Who's that kid whose last name started with an L who is from Australia who was so good that one year? Oh, his name is slipping me right now, but yeah, you're right. They've just had that pipeline, and and once you establish that, it seems like that's uh, that's a, that's a good idea if you can manage it. Because it's college. I mean, college basketball, above all other collegiate sport, uh, certainly that we pay attention to, is is just all about recruiting. You don't even know, have to know what sport you're coaching if you get the right uh, if you get the right athletes in the right place. It really is true. And if you find a, a niche. Uh, or a way to to get good basketball players on campus. I mean, it it literally results in millions of dollars. I mean, in all honesty, that's been the issue with the youths probably over the past couple of years, Gordon. And I know this is a really easy take, but they haven't had NBA guys. They haven't been able to find the, those next level players. And they have been when they've been good. They've been they've had top level talent. You know, they go to the Sweet 16. Uh, you're looking at uh, Andrew Bogut, right? Uh, the number one pick in the draft. Um, so it's they've got to find a way to get that next level, the next level talent. And I think BYU has done that uh, a little bit differently. I mean, Yoli Childs is the next level guy, right? And, you know, they've got some other players kind of fighting to, to make a career out of it. But historically, when Utah's been really good, they've had NBA guys. You know, I'm, I'm going to do what you do every time you do pre-half and post. I'm going to lean on our good friend Tim Lacombe because he came through for me. Landale was the kid who was so good that I was uh, thinking of. Remember go. him? Yep. I mean, he could, he could flat play. And uh, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm not sure I agree with everything. Let me back up a little bit. because you, you said it was, it was all about recruiting, but I think there is – let me stand up for coaches here a little bit because I think there is a place for a coach to come out with good strategies, good ideas, uh, you, uh, you know, sp- specific tactics for occasions where it's called for. I, 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 mean, I understand what you're saying. I mean, there are coaches who have been very successful by just getting the right guys and letting them do their thing, but – but I think there are coaches who win games, and and just out of the power of their uh, their knowledge of their team, their knowledge of the opponent, and their knowledge of the game. 
Okay, and, and it's not a zero-sum game, admittedly so, but John Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski aren't looking so immortal this year, are they? No, no, I, I understand that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not discounting the other part of it. That has to be come into play. But I've seen coaches who have won games with good ideas. Sure, sure, I, I absolutely. I mean, you know, Rick Majerus um, was was an interesting combination of both, right? I mean, the guy was oh, kind the, of a, yeah, the a basketball uh, the, what, the, the triangle and two, or the, the, uh, the what was it he did that against Arizona? I mean, that was kind of nice, right? I mean, he was. A, he, you talked to you know, speaking of Tim, talk to anybody that that worked with him. I mean, uh, it it probably wasn't pleasant at times, but nobody says that you know he was he didn't know what he was talking about, right? I mean, uh-huh. he was. He was very smart in that way and in, in how he knew basketball. But he was also able to have Keith Van Horn and Andre Miller and, and Hano Medela and Britton Johnson and all these Michael guys. Michael Doliak. That, Michael Doliak, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't forget him, obviously. He was a lottery pick, right, by the, by the Heat? So, I mean, he was, he was able to discover and develop uh, next-level guys. And, and yeah, it's, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not a zero-sum game, but it is interesting – like all of a sudden, Kentucky and Duke didn't get the best players, you know, don't have all the best players on their team, mm-hmm. and they look like a normal college basketball team. You know, we should talk with Tim sometime. I bet he could uh, rattle off uh, circumstances where a coach made a really good decision and and won a game and and turned even momentum of a game around or did some great ga- game planning and and pulled it off. You know, and I I I think I hope that's the case because I. I, I don't like a coach winning at all just by getting out and uh, and getting the right players. That uh, there's it's got to be more sophisticated than just that. At least a little bit. Sure, uh, it, it is a little bit. But I mean, that's the name of the game. If if I were a if I were a head coach uh, of a college basketball team, my first hire is to the best recruiter that I could possibly be. <laughs> uh, you, you know, the, the 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 assistant coach that's willing to do anything. To land the top guy. And <laughs> wait while, a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a while, minute. Wait. Hold on. And while he's doing anything to land the top guy, that's this assistant has to be smart enough to tell me nothing about it. Just show up with that letter of intent signed. That's it. That's the coach I'm hiring first. Wait a minute. Not unlike want... Tim Lacombe. <laughs> Not no, I'm like just kidding. <laughs> you mean like a ba- a bag man? You want just to go out there and handle the business and don't tell you about it? Well, a bag man with a personality. You know, you got to be able to you got to be able to recruit. You know, you, people have to want to come. Another guy that uh, was did pulled some of that stuff off that uh, Tim suggested is uh, Jimmy Valvano. Well, some of the stuff that that. Tim suggested strategy wise oh, uh, where okay. he made I some good you. decisions. So, yeah. he, he did. You know who my second coaching hire would be if I were a head college basketball coach, Gordon, you know, who number two would be, I give up who the father of the best high school player in the country. <laughs> oh man. You would call up a, a booster and say, Hey, you know, I need to hire a guy, and I need X amount of dollars. Can you help me out? Oh, I'm giving him a job. I don't need a booster. I'm I'm bribing him over the table, man. I, where's the money coming from? A salary. I'm hiring him. Yeah, but, I mean, what, are you going to fire somebody else? Oh, this is me building a staff, but if that's, okay. what, it ta- if that's what it takes, then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe who's, it's the, a- who, who's the best recruiter in the history of college basketball 
What was the name of the guy who was John Wooden's good buddy? Sam somebody. What was his last name? I don't know. His you bad, remember? John, John Wooden's bag man? I have no idea. <laughs> Tim says Jake would win big. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> I'd win huge. That's 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 the staff. That's think the about that. Staff. Hey, Jake, think about it. You could be making literally, you know, seven, eight million dollars a year right now because right. you've got the right attitude. That's how it's done. And then maybe my third hire would be somebody that, that knew something about basketball, but not until then being the point. And then make sure when you are make sure you don't give any of your assistants any credit for what they do. Well, that's because the idea. That's most. Gonna... Yeah, most head coaches are a little paranoid that their 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 assistants are out to get their job. So you downplayed it every turn. Got it. All right. We want to remind you <laughs> about our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day right around the corner. And flowers, of course, are the perfect gift. Place your orders today. The rush will be on. So the earlier, the better. Uh, you can get them delivered. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. We are live at Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code ZONE. And get an extra 10% off the already 15% off uh, uh, rate going on BuiltBar.com. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code ZONE. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.